Hello, and welcome to episode 182 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Chelsea F., Denise W., Erica M., and Jessica W., the newest members of the Modern Manager community. There are so many resources available to members, including a private podcast feed with additional content, episode transcripts, guides, and guest bonus offers. I was going through the member site just a few days ago, and even I was amazed at how much the site has accumulated over the past three plus years. And as a member at the Sprout level or above, you get pretty much everything. So head on over to themodernmanager.com slash join to become a member and make 2022 the year of investing in yourself. Today's episode is about how to improve your executive functioning skills. This is the second episode in a two-part series. In episode 178, What Are Executive Functioning Skills?, I provide an overview of the 11 different skills and ways to assess yourself and your colleagues to identify strengths and growth edges. You may want to go back and listen to that one first if you haven't yet. If you have already listened or you're familiar with executive functioning skills, then you have come to the right place. In this episode, I will talk through different ways to approach developing skills in areas that you or a colleague struggle with. Much of what I have learned about developing executive functioning is from the book Smart But Scattered by Peg Dawson and Richard Guar, which I started reading in order to help my daughter. But so much of what I was reading resonated with me and the work that I do to support adults to be their best selves at work. So I thought I'd share with you. Now let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. I thought I'd start us off with a quick reminder of the 11 executive functioning skills. Again, if you want a more in-depth review, check out episode 178, What Are Executive Functioning Skills? So those 11 skills are response inhibition, emotional control, working memory, sustained attention, task initiation, planning and prioritization, organization, time management, goal-directed persistence, flexibility, and metacognition. Now, before I go into how to improve these skills, I want to be clear that improvement doesn't only mean getting better at. Some skills are really hard to actually improve, which doesn't mean that you shouldn't try, but More that sometimes it's about knowing how to create an environment that negates the need to use these skills that are weaker. So you'll want to consider these three factors whenever you are trying to improve an executive functioning skill. Number one, how can I alter my environment so that it will reduce or eliminate the need for this skill or it will shore up support for a weaker skill? As an example, I often lose track of time when I'm working and then I end up showing up late by a few minutes to all my meetings. As I was learning more about time management supports, one of the tricks I learned about was to better use notifications. So I went into my calendar settings and totally changed them so that they would be the right type of alerts at the right times that would be most useful to me. I'll give you one specific. The two minute notification is pointless in my mind. Two minutes is just long enough to get something else done before heading into a Zoom call. Even though it has been proven time and time again that I can't actually get anything done in two minutes but I still try. So I now set my notifications to 10 minutes so I'll have a heads up that a meeting is coming and one minute so that when that last notification goes off, I actually have to stop and go to my calendar to get the link because there is literally no additional time to waste. 
Now, I imagine that some of you are sitting there thinking, wow, Mamie, that's kind of ridiculous. And the two minute notification is perfectly fine. You should just know to stop working when it goes off. But clearly that is not how my brain works. So rather than try to fight it, which I've been doing for years and failing, I can alter the calendar settings, that environment. Now, others of you may be thinking, really, Mamie, it took you this long to figure out that you should customize your calendar notifications? And yes, while I am a total fan of productivity and work apps, notifications is one of those things that I have just never paid attention to until now. Okay, so that is all about altering your environment, which can be digital or physical, because that's the first way to think about improving. The second is to use motivation. Often, it's not that we really can't use a skill, but more that we're not motivated to use it when it takes additional effort. For example, I usually don't have problems with task initiation, which is getting started on a task when it's something that I'm excited for or know that it'll be enjoyable. But with things that feel like a really big lift or are otherwise challenging or boring, I may occasionally procrastinate or avoid getting started. So it's not that I can never bring myself to start working. It's just that having that extra boost of motivation can really help. And motivation can come through incentives or penalties. It can be a reward or a deprivation. And it can come either as a natural consequence or be completely artificial. If you are a longtime listener, you have probably heard me mention that I often use chocolate as a way to reward myself. It helps me just get going on those slightly less than desirable tasks. It is just enough to tip the scale to take on whatever I might otherwise be avoiding. The last thing you can do to improve is specifically to strengthen a skill by learning how to do it. In some cases, it just didn't come naturally and we didn't pick up on the practices through osmosis, so we just never learned the tips or tricks that others use. For example, one aspect of metacognition is the ability to see the bigger picture. I have worked with many clients who struggle with this, and part of my job is to help them notice when they're stuck in the moment or seeing only a narrow view, and then figure out what questions do they need to ask themselves to help them pull up their perspective and see the bigger picture or the longer term view. And while at first it takes a lot of intentionality, over time they start to internalize this thinking and becomes a little bit easier and more habitual. So, again, those are the three levers we have to help us improve adjust the environment increase motivation, or learn the skill. If you listen to episode 178, you may have discovered a specific skill that you or a team member constantly struggle with. But for most people, it's actually a task or a routine that we find challenging because it requires us to use multiple skills and we may struggle with a few of them. For example, if you're constantly running late and always underestimating how much time you'll need to complete work, then you may wanna focus specifically on time management. But if you have a hard time meeting deadlines, that's likely due to a combination of time management, planning, and prioritization, and possibly also task initiation. Regardless of whether you want to focus on one skill or a combination of skills that work together, here are the steps you need to follow to create a personal development plan. First, get really clear on the problem. What is the issue and why is it problematic? What's the negative impact for you or your team? Second, what does success look like? How will you know when you've achieved it? It is so important to specify what that point of arrival is so that we can acknowledge when we've actually gotten there. An optional step at this point is to identify the skill or skills involved and note if any of those specific areas are weaknesses or strengths of yours. Third step, brainstorm potential ways to improve by thinking through adjustments to the environment, possible motivators that you could try, 
and specific things that you could learn. Now is the time to be creative. Anything goes when you're brainstorming. Then in the fourth step, you get to decide on the approach that you'll use first, including any additional supports, structures, or scaffolding that might be helpful as you get started. This is the time to select from that list of brainstormed ideas. If you are not sure where to start, I suggest looking for ways that adjust the environment first. Often, these are one-time fixes like my calendar notifications, and they're easy to implement and then continue to pay off indefinitely. Then, if you know it's something that you can do when you're motivated, try one of your motivation-based solutions. That may be just enough to kick you into gear. And then lastly, try learning the skill. This often takes the most time and effort, but also has the best payoff because we can then apply that skill across different domains of our life. In addition to the approach, I mentioned planning the additional support, structure, or scaffolding. Here are a few examples of how you might initially add some more support that you could eventually take away over time as you or your team member demonstrate improvement. Create accountability. This could be through an accountability partner, or if you're that person, a regular check-in with your team member. Use visual reminders like sticky notes, time blocks on your calendar, or checklists. Use backward chaining, where the larger responsibility is reduced into smaller subtasks. And then the person starts with just one subtask, often the final step, and slowly takes on a greater amount of responsibility over time. Get yourself a coach or use a coaching approach with your team member so that the goal is having the coach guide the person who's learning through that thought process as they're learning to think in new ways. And then lastly, Give lots of praise to reinforce positive behaviors, and that includes praising yourself. The final step is then to identify what data you can capture to help see progress. Depending on what skill or task you're working on, progress can be easier or harder to notice. I personally love habit trackers where I can visually see how many times or days in a row I've been successful. I use this approach with keeping my task manager up to date. I started tracking how many days in a row I successfully ended my workday by updating my task manager. It can also be extremely motivating to want to see that streak continue or get that full row of circles filled in. Now, once you've gone through this process, it is time to get going. Start practicing the new approach. Keep track of your progress and adjust as needed. If one approach isn't working, you can tweak it, add in more scaffolding, or go back to the brainstorm list and try something else. Then over time, remove some supports or scaffolding as you get better. This is a journey that unfolds over time, and we will definitely not always get it right the first time, which can be hard if what you struggle with is flexibility or goal-directed persistence. But there are approaches to help you develop those skills too, if that's what you need. Now, a few things to note when you are the one helping a team member develop their skills. Remember, what is easy for you may be hard for them, and what worked for you may not work for them. It is critical that we partner with our colleagues so that they are helping to drive the process and own it alongside of us. You can't make them want to change how they act or think. That being said, you can impose structures or scaffolding by changing their environment or modifying your expectations. And occasionally, that is the absolute right way to go. For example, if you know that someone struggles with response inhibition and they are regularly interrupting people in a meeting, Try using a round-robin method or asking people to put their thoughts into a collaborative document instead of having an open floor for discussion all the time. Or if your team member struggles with task initiation and is such a procrastinator and it bothers you that everything comes in at the very last minute and sometimes late, assign them earlier deadlines. That way you'll have some buffer time and you don't have to stress. Now, here are a few final tips as you set out on this path. 
Pick one skill or routine at a time. While there are at least five areas that I have already identified that I want to work on for myself, the most effective thing to do is to pick one, have lots of success with it, and then pick another. When we try to do too much at once, well, we all know what happens then. Start with the low-hanging fruit or the thing that will have the biggest impact or whatever excites you most. There is no right place to start, so just start with what feels right for you. Do the minimum to change and increase your supports as needed. While some of us may be inclined to add a new 30-minute morning routine that will solve all of our problems, that is probably not the most realistic approach. Start with the minimum you can do, like literally taking 10 minutes to change your notifications on your calendar. See how that works for a week, and if it's going well, count that as a win and pick the next thing to address. And if it turns out not to be enough, go back to the brainstorm list and try something else. To help you improve your executive functioning skills and to help support your team members, the full episode guide includes an overview of the process and tips from today, as well as specific suggested approaches for some of the most common executive functioning challenges that people struggle with at work. To get the full guide, along with dozens of other episode guides and guest bonuses, join the Modern Manager community by visiting themodernmanager.com join. If you just want this episode guide, you can purchase it and any other individual full guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. The free mini guide for today's episode is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. And it's in your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter. Get on that list by subscribing at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.